Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a real thing. I mean it's the <laughs> it's the center of the universe syndrome that yep. we all think that our problems are the biggest, our own problems are the biggest, and we are most important, and everything revolves around us. You know what what we can share with other people is, <sighs> I mean, I'll try and I'll bless you with whatever effort I can give you, but everything I got going is most important, and we all feel that way, every single one of us. And welcome to the One Shot Podcast. As always, me, Ben Gibbs, I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Klutz. If you stumbled on today's episode, this is our Thursday roundtable. Uh, and if you're brand new to us, thank you for, for joining us. Welcome. Uh, this Thursday episode is more revolved around typically mental performance. Or sometimes it's even current events. Yeah. It's more of how can we perform mentally throughout our day? What's going on in the world? How do we stay up to date without overwhelming ourselves? What are some ways that we can perform that way? Uh, we do two other podcasts a week. Our Wednesday episodes are more around physical uh, improvement. Um, and then our Monday episodes are typically we have interview style. And we typically listen to somebody's story, get inspired by their story, and, and go through that. But today's episode... Wanted to talk to you guys. I think the last two years, specifically, and, and I think part of it is it's hit me in a time of life where I'm more aware than ever. Mm -hmm. I'm out of that young 20s, mid-20s phase where I'm just head down, like truly on the ground. Now I'm still on the grind, but yeah. I'm able to come up for air a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I think at that right age, now. though, I think you're only focused about yourself. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you, you, you go through your 20s, and you're just trying to make it in the world, yeah. right? You're trying to provide. You're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some lucky few that, that exceed that. Yeah. But a lot of us, we're just, like Tyler said, we're just head down, focused, ready to go. You start to get in your 30s. You start to have kids. You get married. You're in a different life phase. Mm -hmm. I think, at least for me, I'm starting to be more aware of what's the world around me. Mm -hmm. we talk, we've talked about it a bunch. 2008, the, the last recession we had. I was clueless. I was in college. I literally had no clue we were yeah. in a recession, yeah. right? Because I was so head down, so focused, so, you know, in my own world. Now, we look back at the last two years, we talk about, I think it's exposed quite a bit, at least for me. It's kind of opened my eyes. You know, we talk about our lack of preparedness for adversity. You know, this, this pandemic just hit us out of nowhere, it seems, that we weren't prepared for it all. It's exposed government corruption. I think we're more aware now of how governments run and how a lot of the times they're not there as public servants, they're there after their own interest. Mm -hmm. It's exposed division amongst each other, mm -hmm. right? If you don't believe wholeheartedly what I believe, you're the enemy. You're on the left, I'm on the right. We're enemies, we're, we're separate here. We're not in the same, we're, I can't even associate with you yeah. because yeah. you believe whatever you believe. And then financial inadequacies, right? We keep printing money over and over and over, and now we're paying for it. Literally, we are all paying for it through inflation. So it's exposed a lot these last couple of years. And the thought that keeps running through my head is why do we have to wait? Number one, why do we wait till things punch us in the mouth yeah. to start to act? And number two, 
why don't we help more? Why, what holds us back from jumping in the fire and jumping in and, and to help? And again, I know I listed off a bunch of different avenues, but what keeps, we've seen some people step up yeah. in these last two years and be super vocal and, and, and talking about the injustices that are out there, talking about the thing, you know, think of Black Lives Matter, the people that jumped into that and just bringing awareness. Think about pandemic, some, some governments overreached during the pandemic and imposed all these sanctions that were probably outside of their scope. And so we've had people step up and, and fight against that. But a lot of us have taken a put our head in the sand approach, if mm -hmm. we're being honest. Mm -hmm. We've kind of just kept going about our way, about our lives, and, and just kept doing our thing. Mm -hmm. And there's an aspect to that that's fine. I, I get it. And, and there's a component to that, that that I think is totally acceptable. However, at a certain point, if we all just keep doing that, things happen around us yeah. that we have no control over. Yeah, the challenge. And that we just ignore. Right. So the challenge is, is I think what, what you're saying is, you know, people are like, ah, it's not really affecting me a whole lot right now. My, my quality of life, it's not being affected enough. We're being affected, but it's not enough for me to really, you know, react and, sure. and, and address it. The challenge is, is like you're just saying, is that continues to happen is it is going to escalate, continue to escalate until it's going to not only affect your life, it's going to turn your life upside down. That's right. And that's the, that's the direction that we're going, right? And, and there's, you know, there's, there's the quote is, and, and I'm going to butcher it here, but something along the lines of, so, you know, if evil is allowed to happen, what is evil? It's, it's good people watching evil happen and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the problem. And I say evil, that's because it's kind of escalated, but enough good people out there, because there is, our country is full of great people. This world is full of great people. Yep. The challenge is, is that we are just watching like somebody else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's I, my life is not impacted, but that's, I mean, you look at, you look at Rome, for example, Rome was, was a country that was a global empire. One of the greatest empires of all time. And what happened is they just got comfortable, 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 comfortable. There was more corruption, more corruption, more corruption. And then it got to a point where the Senate and Julius Caesar then ended up and then that right. was the start of the end of Rome because right. people allowed things just to slip by because it wasn't big enough. But you start throwing you start throwing pebbles into something that's going to eventually stack up. Right. You, you don't notice each little piece of gravel yeah. that you throw in. That's right. But eventually that thing is going to fill up and overflow. And you don't notice it when things are going well. We've said it a hundred times, yes. that, that old saying, that's what's good times create, yeah. you know, that, that whole saying. And that's the problem is we've had it good for so long. We're yeah. willing to, we, we let little things slide. Yeah. And, and that, so if we weren't in such a good time right now, do you think that we would allow, like if, if we weren't so prosperous as a country and it may be artificial that's the scary part yeah. right and i don't want to get into the conspiracy deal but like this is artificially as a country like the government's throwing money at corporations to save them over the last two years people are spending money faster than it comes in 
I mean, it's, it's starting to be really scary, but if we were not in such a good, prosperous time, do you think that we would allow the healthcare system to be the way that it is? Do you think that we would allow the government system to be the way it is? Do you think that we would allow the justice system the way that is broken? Do you think we would allow that to continue the way that it is? No, because we're like, eh, I'm pretty comfortable. It's not really affecting me. But here's the thing, the scary thing, and I, and I want to see where you're getting to, is Changing government, changing healthcare, changing justice system, all of these things, right? Those are big, big, big things. Mm -hmm. And so it's intimidating for someone that, and I've always wanted to be involved and I've always wanted to get involved and and help and support. That's too big for me. Like, what am I going to do? Right. And that's what everybody thinks. But even the small daily things that we don't do now that we used to do, think about someone's pulled over on the side of the road with a blown tire or does does anybody stop anymore no we drive by somebody else will take care of it somebody else if somebody needs help it's like we kind of walk to the other side of the road go around because we're not going to let it affect our life Mm -hmm. and it's honestly it's sad because we have we as a as a culture are are less less hospital hospitable than ever before we just are we don't take care of our neighbors like we used to i'm not saying it's everybody and i'm not saying it's across the board but it really is sad that like a teenage girl is on the side of the road has no idea how to change a tire and it's like somebody else to take care of it yep and it's just i don't know it's well no it's the last few minutes you've been speaking you actually touched on each one of the reasons because that's what i'm curious about is why yeah. Why have we gotten to that place? Yeah. Has it always been this way? Or why as human beings are we not willing to step in mm-hmm. and help where, whatever the cause, whether it's government corruption, whether it's human sex trafficking, whatever, homelessness, you know, inner city, you know, youth education programs, whatever it is, why aren't we more willing, mm-hmm. the majority of us, why aren't we more willing to step in and help? And so that's what I got really curious yeah. about. And so what I want to do is, because you touched on each one of these, I want to dive in a little bit further to each one of these reasons mm-hmm. why we don't help. So number one, the thing that I wrote down, is the further away the problem, the quote-unquote problem seems to be, the less likely we are to react to it. Yeah. So the phrase that comes to mind is out of sight, out of mind. Out of mind. Yeah. So humans are blessed with an extraordinary ability to share and understand the effective states of others. This is called empathy. However, a significant body of research has undoubtedly shown that the magnitude of an observer's empathic reaction depends on the social and affective bond existing with the individual experiencing pain. In other words, our ability to feel empathy is only as strong as the relationship we have with that person that is in that situation we're trying to help. Mm -hmm. The reason we don't have empathy towards a child growing up in the inner city is because we didn't grow up in the inner city ourselves, And that's just one example I'm saying. Yeah. The reason we don't have empathy for a homeless person. Now we might feel bad for them. We might give them some money, but the reason we don't necessarily jump in and go all in on that person. One of the reasons is because we don't know truly how that feels. It doesn't impact us personally. We've never been through that. We don't have a relationship with those people. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if, um, if people that supported nonprofits, whether financially or with your time or influence, imagine if 
it wasn't just because you were touched by it, right? Think of most of these nonprofits have been started because like, let's say a cancer nonprofit. It's because they lost somebody to cancer. Imagine if we didn't have to go through that pain and impact in order to step in and make a difference. And I get it. Like, I, I get it. Like it's, it's like, okay, there's so many avenues to go serve. There's so many people that need help. Where do I start? And you're always typically drawn to something that you have a relationship with. And I get it. But imagine if, imagine if people didn't wait for something surrounding around, around loss, mm-hmm. um, something terrible. Imagine if you, we, people just stepped up and just did it because, hey, look, as a, a free citizen... I, I've been blessed with that opportunity to be free and to live in a, in a great country. It's part of my duty to go give back. Yep. Let, let those blessings pass through me to somebody else. Yep. Well, and I'm with you a hundred percent. The problem is you're fighting human nature. Cause at the end of the day, whether no matter how good of a person you think yeah. you are yeah. at your most basic level, your body's, your, your mind, everything you do is about survival. Yeah. What's best for me at the end of the day. Yeah. And as part of survival, you have to take actions yeah. that personally affect you. Yeah. That keep you living and breathing. Yeah. Again, at the, again, this is at your the, most human basic. You're core. right. You're right. And it's, and it's, but it's short minded. It's short minded sure because yeah. it's okay. Hey, what is impacting my, uh, my sphere right now? Right. Well, the problem is, is we're not, we don't have enough foresight anymore to think because we're looking inward so much. We don't have the foresight to say, okay, Hey, what is going on outside of me? Like the, the human trafficking element of it, right? We've talked about this multiple times, been involved with that for 10 years. And it's like it, the trend of, of human trafficking and now cyber sex trafficking, the, the trend of that is so scary that fathers out there that have daughters and even sons, that's what's, but you need to say, this isn't really impacting me right now, but it is going to. Yeah. So I need to get involved and I, I need to combat it before it knocks on my door. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to talk at the end. I want to talk about how we can reverse course Yeah, and how we can start. And, and that's part of it. Um, but I think number one, that, ex, that that's one yeah. explanation yeah. is it doesn't, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I don't see it every day, so it's not part of my. It's not part of my purview. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't affect me because I don't see it. Yep. I haven't. I haven't led that life. I don't have any. I have empathy, but I don't have a personal experience with yeah. that. So that's number yeah. one. Number two, and this speaks to what you were talking about a second ago. The problem is not our responsibility, and somebody else will take care of it. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a couple of psychological terms that help explain this. This, this phenomenon of it, somebody else will handle it. Yeah. The first one is diffusion of responsibility. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Yeah. Diffusion of responsibility. This is a phenomenon in which people are less likely to take action when the presence of a large, in the presence of a large group of people. Mm-hmm. So if onlookers are not sure what is happening, are unclear about who is in trouble, are unsure if the person really needs assistance, then they are far less likely to take action. And sometimes people don't step up to help because they feel unqualified. This is what you're talking about. Somebody on the side of the road mm-hmm. with a blown out tire Part of the reason we justify that is, well, I don't know how to change a tire, so I can't help them. Or we keep driving because there's a million cars on this road. Somebody's going to stop and help them. Mm-hmm. That's diffusion of responsibility. Yep. That, that's, that's what you're fighting there is, is that thought that somebody else is going to take care yeah. of this. The, um, there's actually a famous case 
uh, I forget the lady's name, it was happened in the 1970s, but this lady real early in the morning was getting murdered and attacked in a, at her apartment complex. And there were multiple witnesses that saw this attack take place and did nothing about it. Mm. And what they found was the reason is because everybody assumed somebody, somebody else, else was going to make the call. Yeah. Somebody else was going to call 911. And yeah. she ends up getting, getting murdered because nobody took action. Everybody put the blame, put the responsibility on somebody else. The other uh, term that, that's often thrown around is social loafing. And social loafing describes the tendency of individuals to put forth less effort when they are part of a group. We've all been in that group project. The group project, right? yep. You know, you always yeah. have that one or two people that don't really contribute much. Yep. You have that other person that takes the lead and they do everything. So because all members of the group are pulling their effort to achieve a common goal, each member of the group contributes less than they would if they were individually mm-hmm. responsible. So even if everybody does contribute, you're still contributing less mm-hmm. than if it was just all up to you. Yeah. And so an example of this, let's say the three of us, me, you, and David, were a community. Yeah. If you, and this was our community, this room right here was the only place we ever lived. It was just the three of us. This is how we survived. If you got in trouble, if you broke your arm, if you hurt your leg, if you were starving, it would be very easy for us to come to your help and mm-hmm. come to your aid, right? Mm-hmm. Because our group is so small. Yeah. We know each other well. As the groups get bigger, you start talking about neighborhoods now. Mm-hmm. Do you know every single person in your entire neighborhood? No. Right? Then you start getting, bridging out to your city. In your town. Do you know everybody in your town? No. And then obviously you get big. So the bigger the size of the group gets, the less responsible we feel yeah. for taking action. It's this amazing phenomenon that actually happens in our brains is that we think somebody else is going to take care of it or I'm good because, you know, we're just part. Of, I'll contribute some, but I'm not going yeah, yeah, yeah. to. I've, I've only got to contribute a little bit exactly. because everybody else is going to be. That's exactly yeah. right. So that, that's another reason. Reason number three that I wrote down, you, again, you said this earlier, is overwhelm. Mm-hmm. We're overwhelmed by how big the problem is. Mm-hmm. You talk about human sex trafficking. Can Tyler Klutz fix the human sex trafficking problem mm-hmm. by yourself? No, absolutely not. So we get into these issues, we see something like that, and we're like, even if I do something, even mm-hmm. if I try something, is it even going to make a dent? Mm-hmm. Is it even going to really help? And so we start, I start playing it up in my head that the problem's just too low. There's just no way to overcome this problem. Yeah. Which is scary. Right. Which is scary because more and more of us feel that way. So less and less people actually do something. Do something. Right. Uh, it's paralysis by, or uh, yeah, paralysis by analysis. Imagine, we, we overthink it. Imagine if, um, like, the founding fathers of the United States, imagine if the, um, you know, the settlers in the colonies had said, man, we hate this taxation. It's getting ridiculous. It's corrupt. Um, but it's England. Yeah. It's just too big. Yeah. Like, it's a great example. We, we just can't do it. You know, maybe New York will do something. Right. Or maybe Carolina, the Carolinas will do something. Imagine if they just didn't do anything. Right. Because they assumed somebody else would do it. Somebody else would do it. The problem was just too big. Big undertaking to yeah. take on. Yeah. Right? Is, argue, I mean, the strongest power on the globe mm-hmm. in England. And it's like, mm, it's just probably too big of a problem. We, right. It is what it is. You know, somebody else will take care of it. Or I, we're just not going to make a dent. Yeah. I mean, where would we be today? 
crazy. It just takes people moving. And I know we're gonna talk about it. It just takes people taking a step. That's right. That's right. And then number four, the fourth reason I wrote down is I've got my own problems Mm -hmm. to worry about. Mm -hmm. Our lives are complicated enough without adding other people's problems to ours. We have bills, families, job responsibilities, health requirements. We've got all of these things to worry about on a day-to-day basis. This is, I fall in this one probably more than, mm-hmm. than anyone. And it's not a conscious like, oh, I've got my own problems, so I'm not going to do it. It's more of how my actions, how I live, yeah. the, live through my actions. It's the first thing I do when I wake up is I think about myself. I think about what I need to accomplish that day. I think about my fitness. I think about you know, eating right. Then I go to work all day long and I think about my clients. I think about getting my job done. Then I come home and it's thinking about my kids and, and getting them fed and spending time with them and then get them to bed. And then it's about my wife and spending time with her and feeding into her. And then guess what? My day's over. Yeah. At no point throughout that day has anybody else crossed my mind because I've filled my day with so much stuff yeah. of my own problems. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason. That's one of the things that holds me back is I've yeah. just got so many issues that I've got to take care of. I can't help with anybody else. I've yeah. got my own stuff to do. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a real thing. I mean it's the it's the center of the universe syndrome that yep. we all think that our problems are the biggest, our own problems are the biggest, and we are most important, and everything revolves around us. You know what what we can share with other people is, I mean, I'll try and I'll bless you with whatever effort I can give you, but. Everything I got going is most important. And we all feel that way. Every single one of us. I mean, there's maybe a select few on this planet that don't think that way at some point in some capacity, you know, but it's, it really is. Like you said, you wake up. I'm not thinking about, um, you know, I'm not thinking about the 12 year old girl in Thailand, right? I'm not thinking about, um, the, the boy on the fishing boat in Ghana. I'm not thinking about all of these things that like, that are going on. So it's like, everything is about me. Everything is about my sphere. Everything is about my world. And mine is most important because I'm living it. That's right. And, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, especially in our country. And I think, I think our country leads the, leads the globe on self-centeredness. And it's, it's unfortunate because we are, we live in such a great place yeah. and we have so much, yeah. so much. And all it takes is one, one admission trip, one service trip, one trip outside of this bubble mm-hmm. to recognize holy smokes. Yep. Like I can't not do something yeah. or, or here's a, at, at worst, here's one of the benefits of it at worst it's you appreciate the stuff that you have. Right. It's a whole different perspective shift. Yeah. yeah. But again, I, it, it's, these points are all, they're real. Every single one of these is why we don't. And it's like, no, I, I don't have enough time in the day just to get my stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. And if I put my conspiracy hat on, you know, we've talked about conspiracy with the health system and, and you don't have, if you don't have patients, you don't have income. Yeah. And is that the reason that some of these diseases aren't, haven't ever been cured? Because if we do, now all of a sudden all this money. I think about um, government corruption. So a lot of us, especially the older generation, have spent a lot of time. And, and again, when, you're, when your mind's down into your own stuff to worry about, 
Again, there's something good about that, but the bad part is I've spent all this time making my life the way I wanted to make it that other people behind the scenes are now working without my knowledge, and, and I'm just oblivious to it. And I think about the government in this way. The government was originally formed by just your average, average, you know, everyday average people. Yeah. That were farmers, and they decided, "Hey, I've got a, I've got a duty higher yeah, than just myself serve, yeah. to serve people." Yep. Now you go into politics, you make, you know, your average salary is 150 grand a year, and yet you leave worth 10 million dollars a year. So now we go into politics with this mentality of, "I'm going to become wealthy." And again, it's that same, it's that same mentality. It's, "I'm going to get mine." Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've ignored the last 30 or 40 years a constant revolving door of people who do this that are making policies that are determining how we live our lives to a certain degree because we've just been in our own lane, taking care, trying to build our own businesses and trying to build our own lives. And we've let these people do this to us. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't want to sit here and say we're victims, but my point in saying that is we've had our head down for so long that now we're in this situation where, again, government corruption is, is yeah. one of the problems we've seen the last couple of years, just a, this, this power hungry group of people and in fact i was listening to a podcast uh last week it was uh, logan paul he has this podcast called impulsive i never listened to it but he had dana white on yeah and dana white's an interesting person to me yeah and they were just talking about kind of the same things we're talking about and logan asked him he said so would you ever run for president and again i totally get his answer i get it but i think this is part of the problem he said no i'm doing my own thing Somebody who is ultra successful, ultra rich, ultra powerful, has a lot of influence, could impact a lot of people. His mentality is no, I don't want, only a a psychopath would sign up for something like that. And maybe that's true. Maybe only a psychopath would want to be president because it's not a desirable job. But But my point is, a lot of us have taken that mentality of, hey, here's all the problems. I'm going to bitch and moan and I'm going to complain. But then somebody asked me to actually do something. Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. So I'm picking on him, but a lot of us have that mentality. Look, I'll pick on myself. There's a joke around the office and been going on for years that, oh, hey, Tyler's going to be the mayor. Yeah. Frisco. Frisco. Um, I don't think I can because I don't live there anymore, but regardless. (laughs) And and you know what my response every single time is? Is I say. I'm not signing up for that. (laughs) No way. I love my family too much. (laughs) Because, because which is a totally understandable response. Yeah, but but again, at what point is public service, you know, military service, protecting our country, like it's it's demonized yeah. now because it's so corrupt. I'm not going to associate with that. Yeah. I'm not going to associate with, uh, uh, and I say industry, but I, an industry that is is corrupt is um, is petty is you're constantly being attacked you're constantly being prosecuted chastised like why would i want to yeah, no matter and, what you do yeah. you're gonna get so you step back. into it and now you everybody thinks hey I, the, the, do it i'm gonna be the savior so now you're one versus many mm-hmm. because everyone else is there for a career is for for influence for um personal benefit and it's like well if i really want to go serve what is the best avenue to because Running, running for office doesn't seem to be the best way to serve now. Right, right. Which is unfortunate because yeah. that's what we need is we need real leaders to step up 
and to actually shake the system from yeah. within. And thankfully, I think people are starting to wake up to that. Yeah. Because I've heard a, def- a couple of different interviews and podcasts with, with people, everyday average people, mm-hmm. who are stepping up and getting into government, whether it's um, yeah. part of, want to be a part of Congress or their local, uh, their local school board, right? Yeah. People are, it seems as though people are starting to wake up to this. A Did you bit. listen to Andy Frisella's podcast last week with the former mayor? Right with Missouri former yeah. mayor. Yeah. Was that's great. That's, that's my point. It's a great episode yep. because one of the policies that he, he put into place while he, which is funny, uh, he put into place while he was governor of Missouri was that as a politician, you cannot take funds from a lobbyist. Yep. You cannot take them. Yep. And furthermore is if you, for every year that you were in office, you cannot run. You cannot be a lobbyist for that many years after. Yep. Because what happens is politicians, if they don't win and vote, then they're going to go step in and be a lobbyist and get paid tons of money right. by corporations. Yeah. But he's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to get this job just to get this other high paying job. Mm-hmm. So if you're in office for eight years, you've got an eight year non compete where you can't go from office to being a lobbyist. Right. Love that. Yeah. Love that because it separates and it and it it really shakes out the people that are there for personal benefit. Mm -hmm. Guess what happened when he left office? (laughs) Policies out. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because it benefits people too much. Weird. Yeah. Think about a lot of our current politicians in Washington who've been in the game for fifty years. Dude, they've spent their entire life in politics. They have. They're so out of touch with making policy on on corporate America and have never been in corporate America. Never run a business. Never. I mean, when's the last time they lived like a normal person lives? Yeah. So that's the point is, is it needs to get back to a point where mm. you go in, you do your four to eight years, and then you're out. This yeah. isn't something where you're going to. Now, again, to be charitable, I get the other side of, well, we've got to make money too. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear you. But if your sole goal is to, to step up and volunteer and do this mm-hmm. to become wealthy, You've lost the point. You've missed out on the point of 100%. public service. 100%. And we need to start shifting. We need to be more aware. Yeah. We need to start voting correctly. We need to start, you know, putting our money where our mouth is. Voting correctly, by the way, is not voting for whatever side you're on. No, it's, it's voting for the best person yeah. who has the best intent. And again, I know everybody's going to have their flaws, yeah. but it's making the most educated decision yep. of, the, of the ones that you can. Yep. And so getting people that understand our everyday life, that have lived the normal life, that are in there, they're going to do their job, and then they're out. Yeah. Right? So that's what we need to get to. Yeah. And so, uh, again, we spent most of this episode on what the problems are, why we don't. So how do we reverse course? How do we do something about this? How can we start to take actions that do step up? And the first thing I wrote down is, first of all, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah. There's a million and one problems out there. What's the problem that you are trying to solve? Do you understand the problem? What's the root cause of the problem? I think a lot of us, we're very symptom-based. We, yes. we, we treat symptoms. We don't treat root causes. Yeah. Just like our series on Wednesdays has been about truly improving your energy we reach for the caffeine to to try to solve our issues when the root cause is something else yep. so that's what we typically do we typically just try to we, we make short-term fixes we put band-aids on it but what is the true cause what's yep. the true root of the problems right number two i think this one's the most important what are you interested in what is something that touches you personally that, that mm-hmm. goes back to the reason number one or, or reason number two sorry well all the reasons really is why we don't help is because 
it feels distant from us. So what does feel close to your home? Tyler, for you, you've been helping human sex trafficking for the last 10 years. That's, that's become very close to you. I don't know. I don't recall why you initially got into that. No, and that's what's crazy is it's not like it's it's a cause that was. Um, it's not like it was a cause that like I've been affected by. But when I got in, my my firstborn, my daughter was born, mm. and so that, then that, that and, hit home. And so it, it hit home because I immediately visualized her at eight years old, like some of these some of these girls in Thailand, right. Right. And some of these some of these kids that are, you know, in forced labor that are being sold um, for forced labor. I mean, and visualizing my child being. Being that being imposed upon and I'm like, no, yeah, there's no way. So that spoke to you. That was something you could. But you know what it was, but you know what it was, though, honestly, it was it was also to and and let me let me see these points just so I don't steal your thunder. Um. Okay, it's going to be on the next one. So, but maybe to lead into to point number three is, I actually went and felt it. Yeah, and it's impossible not to be moved when you go and you step inside the uncomfortable zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Number two and three go to go hand in hand. What you just yeah. said. Yeah. For me, it's always been the poor has always stuck mm-hmm. out to me. Why is that? Because I was born yeah. in another country. Yeah. I lived amongst people who had literally nothing. I mean, yeah. we're talking putting cardboard and bricks together to make a house. Like, yeah. it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Rio, the city I was born, has the big, they call it favelas. It's basically the ghetto. Yeah. It has the biggest concentration. One of their favelas is the biggest concentration of poor neighborhood in the entire world. Yeah. So this is an environment I lived in. Yeah. That's why that, my parents still go back to South America multiple times a year. We go on mission trip. This is personal to me. Yeah. It's something that, to point number three, get outside your bubble. It's something that I've seen. Yeah. Right? We've talked about on this podcast, I, we both live in a part of town where most people are like us. Yeah. They have pretty good paying job. We all think the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all live pretty much the same way. Yep. So it would be very easy for us to stay in that bubble. Yep. Point number three is be intentional about getting outside of your bubble. You and I, because we're not in it every single day, we're going to have to be intentional of taking our kids down to South Dallas or to East Dallas or to other parts of town where people live differently than us. We're going to have to be intentional about that if we want to raise our kids with that perspective of not everybody's like you, not everybody has what you have. You are very fortunate. That's right. So one way to start stepping up and helping Mm -hmm. is getting outside your bubble and start to expose yourself to other ways of life. Yeah, one one thing that I uh, that we did is there's a there's a group in Fresno called Made for Them, and uh, what it does is it it helps one rescue victims of human trafficking, um, but then also restore them. So like help them you know find a job, get training. It's a, it's a lot like New Friends New Life here in, in Dallas. But one thing that we did um, and you talk about getting outside of your bubble is West Fresno is like along highway 99. Um, It's like a highway that runs from like Bakersfield up to Sacramento. Um, And along highway 99, there's this like motel row and that's where all the trafficking goes. And so Tiffany and I went one night and all we did was we, we brought roses and we brought cards and we would just say, Hey, 
you know, God loves you. If you need help, let us know. But I remember, and the women were supposed to do that because if, if guys were caught talking to, um, talking to the girls and the girl didn't actually perform a service, then they would be beaten. So, so the guys, we were there just for, just for protection, just for support, but like we weren't even allowed, but here's the thing is getting outside of your bubble and feeling it for me, man, I've never felt and realized what true evil is. And I felt it and there was a darkness and there was a heaviness. And after that moment, it's impossible to be impossible to be unchanged. And I'm not saying like I live every day and that's, that's my mission in life. I'm not saying that, but But every opportunity, every opportunity that I can to support that because I felt it. And I, and I just remember seeing some of these girls that are forced onto drugs and that are moved every, every three weeks into new places. So their families can't find them. I mean, it was, it was just one of those things that, man, like it was one of the most awful experiences of my life. But it changed me for the better, unlike anything else, other than getting married and having children. Yep. And part of what you did by continuing to show up, it goes back to point number one, that empathy factor. You started building relationships. You were able to feel this because you not only did you go and see it, Mm -hmm. you started building relationships with these people that were going through it. Yep. We did this thing in high school one time. It was was a homeless outreach. Mm -hmm. And they had us put on these ratty clothes. It was like 15 or 20 of us. They put us, we put on this ratty clothes and we literally spent the entire day walking around town to different homeless camps and talking to these people. Yeah. What led them to this? And now obviously they were prepped for that. They, they had been served by this outreach. It wasn't just random, but we would talk to them. What led you here? What, what choices would you have made differently? Why, you know, whatever. Mm. And then that night they made us sleep. It was more, it was more or less like a shelter that made us sleep. So we actually immersed ourselves into the life of a homeless person and we felt it. So that forever changes my perspective on homelessness Mm -hmm. because now again, am I out there as a, have I made it my life's mission to solve homelessness? No, but I'm now more aware of that problem. Yeah. And, and the key there is building relationships and getting out there and getting, getting, getting your elbows dirty there. And then the last thing I want to, I want to wrap it up with and this speaks to uh, point number two, is if it's meant to be, then it's up to me. Mm-hmm. Pretend as if nobody else is going to take care of the issue. Pretend as if it's only up to you. You talked about, you know, early on taxation. Mm-hmm. They could have looked at the early settlers. They could have looked at, you know, somebody else. They'll, they'll take care of it. They said, you know what? No, it's up to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something about this problem. We're not going to wait for somebody else to, to step up. We're going to step up. So, again, Find something that speaks to you. Doesn't have to be homelessness. Doesn't have to be human sex trafficking. It could be anything because there's, believe me, there's plenty of problems to go around. Mm -hmm. So find whatever connects with you and pretend as if you're the only one that's going to be able to solve that problem. Now you need people to help you, but the point is don't just sit there and think, ah, somebody else has got it. That's right. Homelessness, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I get it. People are going to take care of that. Mm -hmm. It's a problem that it's going to be, if it's going to be solved, it's up to you. That's right. That's what you need to think about. So, you know, it's easy to sit here on this microphone and, and talk about these kind of things and, oh, here's, you know, here's what we need to do. I think as a podcast, our desire has always been to not only talk about heavy-hitting issues, but actually taking action 
And that's what we hope you get out of this, is that you hear what we have to say and you start implementing it. We all consume, 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 and then a lot of times we don't do anything with it. Hopefully what you do with this is you take this information, you go better yourself, you better your family, you better your community. That's right. And so what we're going to do as a podcast, we're on the very, very early stage of this, um, but we want to put it out there to hold ourselves accountable, mm-hmm. is we're working on an opportunity for us as a podcast to serve the community. Yep. Of course, we're each individually going to keep doing our own things, but we think it's important to not just sit here and talk about it on the microphone, but to actually serve as a group of men. Yeah. And then our listeners invite you guys. If you're here local, invite you guys out to, to help us out. So that's something we're on the very early stages of working on right now yeah. is how can we actually put these words into action? How right. can we outpour? How can we be an example as a one-shot podcast in the community of Dallas-Fort Worth. Right. Now, this is, our, this is our community. Yeah. If you're listening to us in your we got a lot of L.A. listeners. If you listen to us in L.A., how can you help the L.A. community? Mm-hmm. If you listen to us from Chicago, how can you help the Chicago community? That's what we're willing to do because we believe this is so important. That's right. And so, again, we're in the very earliest stages of that. We're, we'll keep you guys updated as far as details. Again, we would love anybody who's listened to us in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to come join us. Yep. The way we kind of see this now is, is a monthly thing. We think that persistence and consistency is key in this. Yeah. Doing one random act of kindness per year, that's cool for that hour, but what does that really impact? Right. So this is something we're going to have to commit to. That's right. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to take away from our personal lives. It's not going to be convenient whatsoever, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. We need to step up as a group. We need to start serving the community more instead of just talking about it. And we would highly encourage wherever you're listening for you to do the same thing. That's right. And again, we'll keep you updated on that as it goes. Yeah, follow on social media. We'll we'll keep you up to date on on where, when. Ultimately, we we feel, because of you guys, we feel that we've been given the opportunity to impact people. Mm -hmm. And we need to start doing that more with our actions as opposed to just our words, which is is great. It's great to send these great messages. But these actions need to be taken as well. That's right. And so that's what we're committed to do. Again, we'll keep you updated. So... Hopefully, this, this episode gave you something to think about. Again, there's many different reasons. You're fighting human nature. You're fighting a mm-hmm. lot of things in your day. But the point is, it's got to be important. Yeah. Find something, whatever it is. Find something that you're passionate about and attack it. Yeah. And go, do, go make a positive change with yeah. it. Yeah, and this is, uh, be very, very clear, this is not... This is not us guilting someone like you have to do this, you should do this. We recognize it's the, the problems that we described early in this episode. Those are legitimate reasons why people don't help. Nope. Um, we wanted to provide counter arguments to why you shouldn't let those stop you. But we also we recognize just because you don't, that doesn't make you a bad person. Yes, it does. Just kidding. <laughs> and we get it. But. Our encouragement is to to move closer towards service. That's right. And again, we want to be able to provide opportunities for you, so you don't have to go plan it. You don't have to research it. We'll do all that for you, um, and 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 join us and have some fun doing it. And that's and that's the greatest thing. If it's a Saturday, Saturday morning, something like that, take a few hours, go serve, and then go go on with your day. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, your weekend will be much better because right. of it. That's right. We appreciate you guys. Help us out by sharing these podcasts, sharing these episodes, text it to a friend, post it on your social media. That's how we grow this thing. That's how we reach more people to ultimately make a bigger impact and and having more servant leaders out there. Because again, if we can each 
not only improve ourselves, but improve our families. That's how the communities get better. That's it's right. we can each do that. So that's, right. that's how you can help us guys, uh, help us out by, sh- by sharing the podcast. Mm-hmm. We hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week, and we will catch you on Monday.